Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, welcome to the Signful Podcast. I'm Chris, and as always, got Laura with me. Laura, how you doing? Good, good. How are you? Good. I am. I'm good. It's the end of the week, which I feel tired. But as we always say, this is a good way of ending the week. And you know, we're we're rewatching Seinfeld. I'm going based off a article in the Vulture, uh, their rankings. So we're kind of going down the rankings. I believe we are down to, I think it's 42 this week, right? 41. 41. Okay. And it's a lip reader, which, hey, I was. I like this one. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think the rating was about right, in my opinion. I thought, I thought it was pretty good. A lot of guest stars, a lot of funny moments. And if you're a tennis fan, uh, they brought the U.S. Open to it. So it was really great. This is this is an opportunity for another opportunity for Kramer to um, just take take the stage and show what he's show what he has. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, it was noted, you know, we talked about there's always been uh, often like a guest star on it, and uh, we had a really good one, uh, Marilyn Matlin, who who is known for a bunch of different roles. Um, She's deaf, and uh, her being deaf does play a big role on the episode. Um, what do you think of Marley or Marley? Yeah, I think she's good. I just, I have to say the one thing that has always bothered me about this episode is I do not understand how she knew what they were talking about because they were covering everything up, and you know, and she knew. Unless that was like the signal, you know, always, you know, when people are se- trying to be secret around her, she knew that they were wanting her to do something related I, to her deafness. I wonder, do you think that was improvised or do you think they kind of wrote it that way? I don't know. That's a good question. I still, I wrote down, you know, in my notes that I always do. Never understood how she could figure out what they're saying. It doesn't seem logical. <laughs> but. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a TV show, so. Yes, yes. <laughs> very, very much a tease. So, um, you were mentioning, um, yeah, let's talk about Matlin because, you know, she definitely played a big role in it. Um, Jerry, it was interesting. Jerry's always on the prowl. He's always looking for a new girl to date. He's at the U.S. Open. He meets Marley. Uh, kind of a little bit confusing. He didn't realize she was deaf. Um, but, you know, they got the communicating and Jerry asked her out and I you know it was weird if you if I did someone who was deaf yeah that's definitely part of who they are and I think that's okay 
but it seems like Jerry seems to take a little bit too much excitement about the fact he's deaf. I mean, it seemed like it was a... I don't know if he was more excited about her or if the fact she was deaf. He didn't talk about a lot. Honestly, I think he was more excited about the fact that she was deaf. Because he would... he. He was. He would not let her. He would not loan her out to his friends. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know? He. Uh, I mean, that's such a terrible way to say it, but he wouldn't let her become their uh, special tool. He was. She was only his special tool. I mean, um, I was surprised that George. He let George do it, um, but Elaine. He said no, Elaine and. Uh, and Newman and somebody else, right? Was there another one? Yeah. Okay. So it's like, you know, he was very possessive of his tool, not necessarily of her. I know he even said, um, if I loan her to you, I'll have to loan her to everybody. <laughs> it, it was such a, a thought of loaning out the tool because, you know, I think about like when, when I first started dating the woman who I'd eventually marry, you know, it changed my relationship with some friends. I mean, I was still friends with them, but you know, I used to go a lot with my guy friends, but now, you know, Hey, you know, you're the woman you're dating and you get engaged to, you're going to spend more time with them. So, you know, the frustration, I think in that vein turns out to be, well, you don't spend as much time with us. You're just seeing your girlfriend more. Instead, Jerry is lending his girlfriend out, which is kind of a different, <laughs> yeah. um, a different tool. What would you think of uh, Mr. Kramer and his uh, claims of being able to do sign language? Yeah, it, it seemed weird. It, it seems like Kramer, like you said, he always seems to want to do something fun in terms of business. You know, he's always always ready for a new challenge. Um, you know, we'll talk in a second on how he becomes a ball boy at the tournament. Um, and I don't know if he's just very self-confident and saying, yes, I can do that. I can do that. Is he misguided? Is he, like, lying to try to get attention? I'm not sure what the motive is. I don't know. I mean, I was wondering, maybe he – I mean, I I didn't take any classes on sign language when I was – but when I was in, like, junior high – there were a bunch of, you know, there was a time period where it was like popular to learn how to do the alphabet. And, you know, I know how to do some of the letters, but I, I mean, I couldn't even, I couldn't even do my name in less than five minutes, probably, you know, <laughs> but so maybe, maybe that's what it was. That he was, you know, he had learned some things, you know, when he was a kid or whatever he said. And I don't know if it's something with my head or my learning. I have a hard time learning other languages. I know some words in other languages. I can't carry on a conversation. I'll tell you with sign language, it's been interesting over the past year. Uh, my daughter is learning sign language. And uh, during the homeschooling, you know, because of the pandemic that we're currently in, um, you know, show me sign language. And there was some guy that would sing a song to help teach him. And I was trying to follow along. And man, I, I was very confused. Uh, we're watching a 14-year-old right now that can't communicate. He's nonverbal. And it's interesting because he'll do sign language to me, and I panic. Not that I don't want him to do sign language, but I don't know what he's saying. So I have to kind of Google what motion he's making to kind of figure out what he's saying. So, yeah, it's not to say Kramer didn't know how to do it, but 
it's not something you can pick up easy. And I don't know. I mean, I hate to call Kramer a liar. Maybe he's one of those guys you, know, you want to be accepted either at the workplace or your friends. You say, yeah, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. You want to be agreeable and everything. But you kind of look silly like Kramer did. My favorite part was when he said, she doesn't know what she's talking about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which you kind of think, well, she probably should know because, you know, of what she's facing, but yeah, I, I thought that was good. So clearly, Kramer didn't know, and like I said, we're not sure if Kramer just wants to be accepted by everybody, or if if Kramer mm -hmm. just has these false illusions he could do everything. We really can't. It seems like it seems more the latter, but he does it with such flair. Yeah, yeah. Entertaining. What do you think of the ball man experiment? As Jerry called it, the great ball man experiment. <laughs> Kramer. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that for a minute because I, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, what is it like professionally? And, and, you know, we're not talking about Kramer's profession. I like doing different things. Like, it was fun to say I covered a pro sports team for a while. It was fun to say I was an editor. It's fun to say I worked with different papers and everything. Do you think Kramer just has this thing saying, I want to do a little bit of everything? So, like, when Kramer's about ready to die, he looks back and said, man, I lived a full life. I was a ball boy once at the U.S. Open. What do you think it is that causes him to do all this stuff? I think he sees um, opportunities for him to be involved in different types of things, you know. I mean, look at look at what what he got himself involved in over the night. Uh, he was on stage for the 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 uh, pledge drive. You know, he was right in right in the center of the stage. You know, um, with uh, he went and he was a seat filler. You know, he's it, maybe it is like a craving for attention. You know, because a lot of that stuff is him being in a place where there's going to be media coverage or you know he'll be seen. But you know, I mean. It's, it's interesting, you know, to see all that stuff, you know, because, like, you sort of get an idea of, you know, I I was a huge tennis fan when I was young. I used to watch, like, all the – all the I was a pro tennis fan. I was a terrible player, so. Mm -hmm. And uh, I used to watch uh, John McEnroe play. You know, I never really paid much attention to the ball boys, you know, but, you know – through this kind of stuff, you learn a little bit about their their trade. I mean, I mean, it's not really a trade, but I mean, these are these these people who do that job have to be in pretty good shape, you know, because you can't you can't have somebody like gasping for air, right? Because you're not allowed. You know how they you know they don't want you to talk. You know, he Jerry had his big uh, Jerry had his big moment where he, at the beginning with his comedy act, where he's talking about, why do we have to be quiet all the time? You know, why, why are they shushing us? Do they not know we're there? You know, and you can't be like, uh, uh. yeah, <laughs> you have to run and get the ball, you know? And um, I don't know. I mean, it's a, to me, that's, to me, that was kind of interesting the way that, you know, I never thought about it before, but you know, they do have to be in really good shape. Like, just like I, I think about this all the time, but when you watch a basketball game, 
you know, the referees are probably in better shape, sort of, than some of the players are, you know, because <laughs> they have to yeah. watch constantly and they don't get to s- switch out like they do, you know? So. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think what probably Kramer didn't realize is there's a lot that goes on more behind the scenes than what we know. Like, like you said, you can't make noises. And, and, you know, you probably don't know that until you get down there. Think. So Kramer had a hard time with that. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess to see where Kramer's coming from. I mean, you know, US Open's a big deal up in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like tennis at all, it's almost like, man, it'd be fun to do that one time. Um, yeah. I want to be in a movie sometime. Um you know, there's a ton of local movie makers that was on this show. I'm like, man, I got to get a movie sometime. Don't care if it's independent or not. So I can see Kramer. You know Kramer what I mean? Okay. You know, Kramer should be that, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Kramer's like, hey, I've done this. Why not? Let's do it. It should be easier. So, now, mind yeah. you, the stuff that Kramer does in public turns into a public relations nightmare for what Right. You know? Right. <laughs> Well, and that ends with um, now. I couldn't tell. I'm assuming it was the actress playing Monica Sellers. Yeah, right? that was her. yeah, that's not her. Okay. She, she got like really, really reclusive after that incident where she got stabbed. Yeah, it was interesting that of all the people that used to kind of use her name, and it was not in a mocking way, but I thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah. Because it was right, it was probably a couple of years after the incident that happened. Yeah, they, I think it was right around that time. So it was different. I mean, obviously, Monticello's uh, somebody stabbed her, which is horrifying. I uh, hear Kramer just ran into her. You know, I was just trying to find the ball. So yeah, very very good. So. All right. Well, hey, what we're doing is uh, we're, we're taking a break. We'll be right back. Uh, we need to put an ad in, and we'll come back. Um, Laura, we got to talk about what, Jerry and George and Elaine, right? Yes. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll be right back on the Seinfeld podcast as part of the Ohio Network. All right. Back here on the, on the Ohio uh, Network uh, Seinfeld podcast with Laura. And, hey, Laura raised a good point. One of the memorable parts of this Seinfeld was when George was eating the ice cream sundae. Um, you know, and he made a mess. And it's bad enough when you make a mess and you're out in public. It's worse if the event's being televised. And the network, I'm not sure if it's ESPN or whoever was televising it, caught, it was, what, eight seconds of George making a mess and having a messy face. Yeah. Has it ever happened to you? Maybe not on TV or, or somewhere else? Well, not like that. I mean, I'm notorious for spilling things on me, like on my shirt and stuff, dropping like drops of food or yeah. you know, floss or something on my shirt. But the thing the thing that cracked me up about it is that um, he knew there was no napkin, you know? And still, he just like put basically put his face into his whole Sunday, which is just insane, you know. The I mean, ice cream me and stuff. It was a hot, sunny day because he was asking for the suntan lotion and stuff. But come on, ice cream, ice cream Sundays are great, but you know, there's certain times and places where you just say, "Hey, it's got to wait till later." If I don't have got that <laughs> napkin or a fork or whatever, you know, I, I can't do that. Yeah, I'm not sure why he did that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, he was hot and it was probably really good, and you know, but still. 
Um, one of my favorite lines of the whole of the series was in this episode as well. Um, related to this, when they Elaine walked in, and he had just asked how many, how long it was that he was on <laughs> camera, and they said eight seconds. Um, Elaine came in. She's like, "I heard you really inhaled that thing. Did anybody tape it?" <laughs> such, a, such a 90s kind of a phrase but you know <laughs> I was also impressed with how many people from you know the show were watching the U.S. Open like what seemed to me to be like early rounds of the U.S. Open yeah it was like it was something everybody should watch yeah and everybody was like Jerry's parents had watched it and you know, all these all these people, it, it didn't surprise me that Kramer wasn't watching it. Well, and, you know, less TV shows back then, but some of them had cable back then and everything. You know, it just, there really isn't any sporting event anymore that's a must-watch or everyone needs to watch at the same time, maybe even in the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Um... Yeah, I, I gotta say the only exception is um, I, I was at a church trip uh, to South America once, and we were in Ecuador, and they were playing Argentina in the town that we were at. It was like a World Cup qualifier game. Yeah, and it, tickets were expensive. We didn't have money to go. And honestly, I'm a, a huge soccer fan. I, I wouldn't mind going to a soccer game in South America because I hear it's kind of crazy compared to here. But it was funny. I was walking around with a missionary in that town. And it was um, a big town. I mean, it was probably the size of, if you're here in Ohio, maybe a Akron or Canton or probably even bigger. Nobody was in the streets. And he showed me, like, there was hundreds of people gathered around a hardware store to have a big TV showing the game. So, I mean, that was one of the first times I've ever seen that. And to be honest with you, it was probably more than, you know, usually have to uh, Super Bowl. But, you know, like you said, I mean, very weird to have that happen in the first round of the U.S. Open. <laughs> kind of strange. It was pretty funny. Um, and you know, like Elaine knew about it, so somebody must have talked to her about it. You know, unless yes. it was scary. But um, the um, the whole uh, the whole thing, you know, with George and the. That whole George thing kind of expanded beyond when the girl broke up with him, um, which you know I'm sure, which we are all sure that it's because of the Sunday eating. She was embarrassed by him. That they had, you know, George and Elaine and Kramer had a big discussion about um, the rules of breakups right in front of George. <laughs> and, uh, Elaine was like, "No, he's the loser." <laughs> yeah, that was great. And, um, to the victor, it was to the victor go the spoils, and you know she went into the restroom, and you know he's like, "In the victor go the spoils." See, I'm kind of with George in this one, but you you gotta think about this. This is pre YouTube. This is pre. Our pop culture society, who we like to take moments like that and make a big deal about them. I mean, unless you're watching that live, you don't know. And it's eight seconds. If you looked away, you probably didn't see it. I mean, you know, now, you know, now the clip goes on YouTube and millions watch it, and 
yeah, your girlfriend be embarrassed, but it's eight seconds. And you're right. <laughs> I'm telling people watching it, but aren't you going to forget that after a while? You may not, but it's not like the general public's going to remember. I know. I thought, I thought George got a little bad rap, and maybe it'd be different in today's YouTube age. But back then, you know, I think that's something that's probably forgettable, right? Probably. But, you know, it's funny that, um, you know, I, for, I had forgotten about this episode until, you know, we started doing this. And, I, you know, I, I had said last week that I put together a little bit of a list, like a top 20, sort of. I'm, I will put this one on that list of my top, of, you know, because it's got so many different things going on, so many different situations that were just hilarious. You know, we haven't even, we haven't even talked about the fact about the stuff with Elaine in the car. With the, yeah. The way to the, she was going to a meeting and then they were going to go to, oh, watch Kramer. They were going to go watch Kramer as the ball boy, right? Yeah. And uh, with the, you know, where she pretended she was deaf. And uh, that's another great moment of this episode where she's saying how she she's kind to the freaks. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and she says, what does she say to squirrels? Go away. She doesn't chew them when she shoes them. She doesn't throw things at them. She says, go away. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was great. I thought, you know, the thing that struck me about Jerry, and we could probably say this after every show, you saw Elaine, you know, Elaine kind of had back and forth with Putty um, in terms of, like, a relationship going, sometimes relationships going well, sometimes it's not. You know, George had that with uh, Susan, and, you know, he, he kind of got more infatuated with different girls on the show. It kind of struck me, maybe this episode with Marley, it never seems like Jerry really attaches himself emotionally with any of the girls that he's dating. I mean, I'm trying to think of... I, I haven't really seen them that, that much. The only... Um, the only one that... Well, I mean, there's a lane. But... Um, right. The only one uh, that really ever... Uh, and I'm, I'm sure this is not correct, but... I hate to make a blanket statement, but I remember the only one I remember coming back more than once was um, Janine Garoppolo. Yeah, and that's true. Came, yeah. It was a couple yeah. times, but that's it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, more than anything else, and because, like, you know, I don't remember Marley making other returns to the show, so it's like at the end, he's not in love with her, he's not Against her, it's just like she's there and they're dating and everything. I don't know. Maybe I get more emotional about that stuff. But man, if I'm dating someone after three or four dates, I'm like, boy, is this going? Is this going to be a long term? You know, maybe I get more emotionally tied up. But it kind of notices me. I notice that like Jerry most of the time does it. You know, mm -hmm. that's true. Well, that's his whole thing. He's got a different woman than pretty much every single episode. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Um, Kramer obviously ends bad with, um, you know, Kramer unintentionally uh, knocking out Monica Sellis. I, I, I wonder what happened. Did he just get fired? Or? Well, I'm sure, yeah. 
The ball man. What did Jerry say? Thus ended the great ball man experiment. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of made you think we could we we could have had, and you're right. Um, Mike Casellas hasn't really made a ton of public appearances after you know what happened during the tennis thing, but we could have had Mike Casellas appearance in the finale. You know. Yeah. Yeah, of all the people, you should have been there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that may have been the worst crime that you know Kramer committed, even if it was unintentional in the show. Yeah. So. That's Very uh, good. the only uh, the only time you ever really saw the people uh, that Jerry dated the second time. <laughs> yes, in that final episode. Yeah, definitely, definitely. What else struck you from the episode? Um, like I said, the stuff with the car, the driver, um, and how mad he was that she gave him tickets to Metallica. Yeah. And he didn't know the name of the band. Yes. They were in the car and the car stuff. Um, I, I thought the thing with um, Marley Matlin with the six sex thing was. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, the biggest, to me, the biggest thing in here. Oh, we, I forgot one other thing Mm -hmm. thing that made me laugh hysterically. And I think about this all the time is Newman when he got mad that he couldn't borrow, he was the other one that he couldn't borrow um, Marley Matlin to, you know, listen to his boss. Um, was when he said, when you control the mail, you control information. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the great Seinfeld lines of all time. I think we've all had that I think we've all had that paranoia sometimes. Like, you know, when <laughs> the boss goes in, has a private conversation, you're like, oh, they're talking about me. I don't know what's going on, you know? So yeah. yeah. That's one of the things I think we're missing with the pandemic. You know, we don't we're not in offices anymore, so we're not, you know, seeing these yeah. private conversations. That we, we probably don't need a lip reader as much during the pandemic, then, you know. Yeah. <laughs> very, very interesting. So, yeah, I, I I like this episode. Um, again, you know, we haven't sat and totally ranked them. Uh, maybe that could be our finale of. When we eventually wrap up Seinfeld, maybe we go to finale. We each give our one to hundred six list. I, I thought overall this this was hit about the mark. It was good. I liked it. it wasn't my favorite, but I, I thought there were a lot of good elements to it. Yeah, and I, yeah, I liked that it was so jam packed with stuff. Yeah, they didn't waste a lot of time. And mm-hmm. you know, I like Seinfeld because it makes you think of stuff happening now too, which. How many sitcoms they could do that? Not many, you know? Yeah. Um, so next week, we have the glasses, yeah. glasses, which is a pretty funny one. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in it. I, I will... It, it's not... I, it's one of those ones that I couldn't tell you the... I'm reading the plot now. It doesn't ring a, a bell... But it's happened to me on Vulture where I, I read the plot. I'm like, I don't know. And as soon as I start watching, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know it's, which one this is. So I, I'll be interested to sit down and start to view it. So Yeah. yeah and that's also season five. That'll be, that'll be number 42 on 
the vulture list. So, uh, do you think I like it? I think so. There's some okay. good, there's some good stuff in this. Um, one uh, one interesting thing is um, we've had um, a couple weeks ago when they were in um, when they were on the trip in uh, California. The um, the guy who played the criminal. Mm-hmm. Remember where he got? They found him at the end. He was talking about tipping. Yeah, that was um, what's his name? Um, I believe. Yeah, it was Clint Howard. Oh yeah. What's it, um, who was Ron Howard's brother? Mm-hmm. And in the glasses, it, the one guy, the one character in it is Rance Howard, who was Ron Howard's father. Okay. <laughs> yeah, a lot of good connections. <laughs> yeah, we are, and maybe that's what we need to. You know, I've always talked to you, say, man, we got to bring on a Seinfeld character, and obviously, probably Jerry or George Elaine or Krim would be hard. But there's a lot of bit players have been in it. Um, saw mm-hmm. Laura. We were in contact with Larry Thomas and. Yeah, as you probably could figure out, everybody's in contact with Larry Thomas, so uh, he's open to it, but he's a few months behind. But yeah, maybe that's how we do it, Laura, and get some uh, uh, somebody made an appearance on Seinfeld, and uh, we quit going after the big the big fish, I guess, <laughs> for lack of a better term. So very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem with watching a show that's 30 years old. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it was a kid show where all the characters are kids and you know we could say, hey, they're probably middle aged right now, but yeah, that makes it tough. So very good. Well, I enjoyed it. Like I said, it's always good to end up a, a work week by talking Seinfeld. Uh we will be back next week, as Laura said, uh to talk about the glasses. And I'm I'm looking at some pictures of the episode now. It's starting to ring a bell. So I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to hear what you have to say. Um, anything else going on in the world of Seinfeld? I haven't seen anything this week. Nobody's dying or anything else like that. Have you? No, I don't think so. Um... There was a, a couple weeks, and I think this is before you joined us, where there was a uh, characters that had roles in Seinfeld that were dying like two or th- two or three straight weeks, which was very depressing. But yeah. we're past that now, which is good. Yeah, um, I don't think so. I haven't seen anything. Oh okay. wait, yeah, one did. This oh. is really, this is really oh. though. Um, I don't know how to say the guy's name though. Um, do you remember the episode with Kramer? Where he was hiding from the guy with the cable, the cable guy. Yeah. You know the guy like he at one point he was like giving him a real hard time, and then at the end they were hugging. Yeah. The cable guy passed away. He was oh. Walter Olkowicz, Olkowicz, some, something to that effect. Yeah. Um, he also was in um, Twin Peaks. Um. He's, he's one of those character actors that everybody has seen, but they did not know what his name was. And to be honest with you, when I saw this, I did a couple of um, 
a couple of news apps on my phone that push news out. And when this one popped up, I had to look to see who it was. And as soon as I saw his face, I'm like, I know exactly who that is. Um, yeah. Okay. A lot of different things. But Very yeah, good. He played the king. Yeah, yeah, I miss I miss that character, and it's like I said, kind of sad thing about Seinfeld. I mean, it's an older show, adult show. People were adults on the show, and we're all getting older, so a lot of these guys are are passing, which is tough. So I don't know. All right, well, well, Ruth, as always, thanks again. We will be back next week with another Seinfeld, and hey, you know, keep watching Seinfeld, everybody. For Laura, this is Chris. Have a great day. Thanks for checking us out. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope to learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.